Hey guys, uh, we're back today with the Four Walls podcast. Uh, I'm your host for today, George, and we've got Josh here as the co-host this week. Uh, and we are very lucky today to have none other than Mr. Ben Riken from Ray White Remuera. So uh, thanks for coming on and how are you today, Ben? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Nice. Well, look, I mean... We've kind of gone over the format already with you. We just kind of want to have a casual conversation and kind of learn about um, you and your career and, um, you know, some of your highs and lows and then um, maybe some funny stories along the way. So um, I guess we'll start by just ripping off the band-aid and go, how did you get into real estate in the first place? Because I know you started when you were pretty young. Yeah, I did, well, I'm still pretty young now. That's the funny thing. I think I'll be probably one of the only real estate agents in Remuera with over a decade of experience still in my 20s at some point. Um, how I started in real estate, well, it's a it's a pretty typical, like, fell into a story. And as I've listened to lots of other podcasts of, with real estate agents over time, you sort of realise that no one actually plans to get into real estate. Um, but I left school uh, at the start of year 13, didn't want to do it. Um, started working at a gym, didn't like that. Early start, like 5am start. And then got a job actually working um, in a factory for Karcher, water blasters, um, picking and packing. And still to this day, I, I tell people that was one of the most rewarding jobs ever because it was just so physically demanding. You're spending eight or nine hours on your feet going home and feeling like you've gone to the gym. Um, but, you know, naturally you'd, you'd imagine that the pay wasn't too good. Um, it was quite, um, you know, a, a job where there wasn't going to lead into anything in the future there. Until I got a call up from the boss there to, they basically created a job for me at Karcher called internal support. And I guess that I'd helped and been the gopher in so many different areas. It was, let's just put this blanket label on you so that you can run around and do different jobs for us. So I ended up doing um, some residential sales to like the Mitre Tens and the Bunnings. I remember, I remember, um, sorry, I remember I went and did like, you know, display things at those places as well. And I was also the person that you'd get on the phone when you rang 0800 Karcher, which I thought was always <laughs> hilarious. It was me and this South African lady, and we both had headsets, and you know, you'd click the button and you'd say, Welcome to Karcher, Ben speaking. And so, sort of from that role, I was already talking to lots of people. I was already, um, you know, problem solving with people that would call in with, with their issues. Um, but the reason why I got into real estate was really um, my wife was doing uh, her university degree at the time. I guess I was putting food on the table and I went in for my first salary negotiation and, and I'm obviously not going to talk about numbers, but it was like $1,000 more for the next year. And I looked at the work I'd done over the past year and I thought I'd grown heaps in the company. I thought I'd gone from you know here to there, um, impressed a few people. They'd created a role just for me. And I'd been working part-time at a cafe as well to sort of make sure that there was a bit of extra money left at the end of the week to have a bit of fun with. And, um, yeah, I just remember, like, walking back to my desk after that conversation with, with the boss and thinking, like, am I going to have to wait another year for another $1,000 and a year after that for another $1,000? And I remember saying to her, can I have more? And she said, no, no, this is, like, what it is. And I said, oh, well, you, like, you put it in my diary as a salary negotiation. Isn't that, like, what we do? <laughs> we negotiate. And she said, oh, that's just what it's called. So you've got to just take it and run with it. And I thought, oh okay, that, that sucks. So I remember that exact day, like the, the change in pay hadn't changed or anything like that yet, but I remember Googling, and this is going to sound really cheesy and corny and, and definitely not a reflection of like who I am as a person, but I remember thinking and Googling, what's the job in New Zealand where you can make an unlimited income? Like where the income is reflective of the work you put in, not what someone decides they want to pay you based on 
um, the role you're in or the industry standard and real estate popped up, mm. which, you know, naturally it would. It's, you know, it's a great industry where you can make unlimited income and what you earn is reflective of how much work you put in. And so I remember thinking, okay, real estate, don't know too much about that, but I do know someone who's in real estate, which is a lady who had sold my mum's place only about five years earlier. So um, gave her a ring, had a coffee with her, talked to her about it. She said, you'd be great for it. At this time, bear in mind, I was 18. Um, I had braces. Um, I was pimply faced. Uh, I'd just got married and you know, I certainly wouldn't have trusted myself with with selling my house, you know, like back then. <laughs> so I don't know what she saw in me and decided to say, like, you'd be perfect for it, whether she was just being nice and sort of saying, yep, we'll do. So um, ended up getting a cadetship with the company that she was at. And uh, am I allowed to say, like, company names and stuff? Is it all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. for sure. So I ended, ended up getting a cadetship at Bailey's in Howick, and they'd just been – they'd just bought the professional's office there. So it was co- sort of like a, an office that wasn't in Bailey's office but had been rebranded. Mm. And so a lot of the people were still of a different mindset or the professional's mindset, which is which is still good to this day, but um, very different than what Bailey's represented. And the cadetship was essentially, we'll give you this much money per month uh, for six months, a retainer effectively – because um, I couldn't just go and start earning zero dollars because I had all the bills to pay. Uh, so we'll give you this much money per month. We'll take you to the training programs. We'll, um, you know, put you under our wing essentially and, and help you sort of start your real estate career, which still exists to this day in lots of real estate companies. There's cadetships everywhere. And um, this particular one, though, I sort of went to the training and it didn't really sit right with me. A lot of the stuff that was being said, it was very, like, it was it was quite salesy, which it would be. Like, they're trying to get new recruits really into the mindset of, like, you've got to be talking to everyone. You've got to get people's information. Like, stuff we do day in and day out now naturally. But because I'm I'm naturally an in, uh, introvert, it was really hard for me to, like, understand that and just have a mindset change, like, on a one or two day training program. Like you, for someone who's an introvert and generally, um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't go into a party or a social scene and I want to talk to everyone in the room. It's hard to just go, great, I'll just be that person and I'll um, start up a conversation with a stranger on a, on a train, for example. Um, and went back and, and really just got left to my own devices and, and really had no idea what to do whether I should have gone door knocking or whether I should start cold calling. I remember like you could find people's landline numbers and call them, but you know, I didn't really know what to say. I hadn't really had the proper training as such that I really wanted to do. So I spent four months there really doing nothing um, apart from knocking on doors, getting some, you know, people's details and trying to provide value, which was letting them know like what things had sold for in the area. And um, you know, after about four months, I sort of realized that it, that wasn't quite right for me. I wasn't even living in Howick. It was sort of, I was traveling from where I was living in Flatbush over to Howick. And so it wasn't like my patch or the area that I knew at all. Um, I probably skipped forward here now, but that's, you know, essentially how I got into real estate was joining, joining Bailey's in a cadetship, but didn't last very long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a really cool story, I guess. Um, what makes you so different is you came in at like such a young age. And I guess like there is a lot of, stigma around people who join the industry and they go like oh it's gonna that's so hard for me to join it at a younger age like a lot of people who are in real estate quite often have had a career mm. and then this is kind of like their second win so I think like you're quite unique from that standpoint but what I wanted to dive into with you was something that's quite unique is like you've been it now for what how many years eight years now so eight years yeah. so 
you're not don't be not for me to be rude but you're not one of these like superstar agents who just picked up went to rock stardom and has kind of like stayed there or like come back down like a lot of people are overnight successes they can hold it for a couple of years and they literally just burn out right yeah or they can't build a team what I find so unique about you is you've been able to grow year on year through up markets through down markets through sideways markets and I guess like what I wanted to touch on is like, how do you think you've been able to do that? Because you've built a business now that is really stable. You know that you've got always got listings coming in and you kind of can provide that level of consistency that a lot of agents can't. Yeah, and I would say my, my first response to that is I don't think there's a lot of agents that have had an overnight success that always just appears that they have had. And I can think of a lot of people that it appears have just come out of nowhere, but they've probably done five to 10 years before they actually got noticed or started to get consistent as well. Um, and yeah, I, I guess for me, like I, I never, like I've got a wife, I've got two kids now, and you know, my oldest is three and a half, but I've always been very focused on not letting um, work be and, and real estate be the main thing that drives me and the main thing that's like taking over my life. Because, and this this might sound like a, oh, an excuse for not, uh, you know, blowing up and having an overnight success, but I just couldn't see myself spending um, 13, 14 hours a day knocking on doors, cold calling, that sort of stuff, um, at the sacrifice of my family and doing other things I wanted to do. And so that's really what it came down to, was deciding, you know, what's my priority? And my priority, um, first and foremost, is my family, and I don't want to sacrifice any of that for for work. And, you know, there's lots of people that, you know, I, I could think of off the top of my head that, you know, would certainly spend into the evening at the office, um, every, you know, waking minute they're on the phone, they're knocking on doors and, you know, it reflects in their success and, and you know, what they're able to do with that. But I just, I, I don't want to sacrifice what I've got now to be able to achieve that. And I know that I am lucky to be young and, and doing this. And it's funny, a lot of people who come to me who might be younger now, but when I was sort of 23, 24, and I'd already done it for like five years almost, they said, oh, like, we want to get into the industry. How do you think we should get started? And my advice was always go and work as a PA, go and work as an admin, or, you know, go and be an associate where you've got um, some consistent income or at least some business that you're working on already I just jumped straight into the deep end I've I've been a solo agent from day dot which yeah. is probably the wrong thing to do so I can tell people the way not to do it which is you know sort of I wouldn't say it's egotistical because I don't think I had an ego then but I just thought I'll be fine on my own whereas what I should have really done was join a team became an associate learn the ropes work on 40 50 transactions a year with someone who's doing that and know how that all functions and then when it's the right time to go and do it on my own. I just went out and jumped on the deep end. But I think that comes down to my sort of personality of just wanting to to, to do it on my own. And, and um, you know, that's why I've never really had a team or, or tried to build a, a team or a partnership, really. It's because I just want to, you know, see if I can do it on my own, really. Which is very admirable. And it, it's a really cool story, like George is saying. Like, that's a really cool, unique thing yep. that you have yeah. to bring to the table. Yeah, and I guess everyone always tries to go bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Where like you've got a pretty clear business model that's not the same as everybody else's, but is a sustainable business model mm. in terms of for a real estate agent. Where I like the fact that it's realistic as yeah, well. You totally. know? Like yeah. it's something that like there's I've those people that you're talking about, it's like God, they must be like what, two percent of the population that can actually like 
yeah. do that on a foreseeable, yeah. you know, like on a regular basis. But um, the story that you're sort of talking about and like the the fact that you went into it on a solo journey and you've decided to like learn those things, like those mistakes yourself rather than learning them via someone else yeah. is, is really cool. Like I think that that um, probably, even though you looking back on it going, oh, maybe I could have fast-tracked this and that. Mm. I personally think if you really dug deep on that whole story, you probably learnt a yeah. lot more doing it the way that you did it. Well, you learnt, like, you learn like, what what not to do, yeah. really, yeah. in Trial those situations. Fire. Yeah, 100%. You learn it what not to do because you say the wrong thing to someone and you don't get in the door for an appraisal or you um, have the wrong phone manner and you don't sort of connect with people, um, you know, open home etiquette, all that sort of stuff. You know, I think it's a lot better to learn it by doing it rather than be told how to do it um and it's like that whole old dogs can't learn new tricks thing you know i'll never be an old dog because all the tr tricks i shouldn't call that but you know, everything i'm everything i'm learning is by on my own in my own experiences and i'm not really um being taught what to do and i guess i'm grateful that i'm so young that i sort of see it like well i could fail for the next 10 years and i'll still be younger than most people working in my office and, and sort of start again and, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and when you crunch the numbers, man, it's not like your success is anything to scoff at. It's, like, very admirable for what you've done. And I think it's a – like, it is like what George is saying. It's a really cool story. Um, I mean, yeah, like most people at 28, when, you know, wouldn't – 27. 27. Yeah, younger than hey, hey, hey. Like. Same, same, same. same. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't be like, you know – I was at your thirtieth a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, that's enough from you. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, but I I, I'll tell you what's what's important because, and I don't know how uh, personal you ever want to get into these with this podcast, but I think it's probably would resonate with a lot of people, and that's that. Like, um, my dad spent a lot of time working when we were growing up. Me and my brother. My mum spent a lot of time working because she was a single mum of us, and we didn't really have a lot of like time together mm. and I like it took me to having kids to realize that I didn't want to do that and it's nothing against my mum and dad like the great parents and everything it's just what they had to do with their lives and the, the um, cards that they were dealt but I don't want to um, not be able to walk my daughter to kindy or to school or not be able to go to swimming lessons or miss out on all those things because the money comes and goes, but you can't get those moments back. And like, you know, George, you've got a son, so you know, like the moment goes so quickly and then you go, oh crap, like this baby's now crawling. Like my seventh month, my seven month old is crawling now. And we felt like we had like a month and a half of her being an actual newborn. And so you realize like, at some point they'll decide that they don't want to spend time with you with, when they're teenagers probably. And that's when I'll go and I'll do the 13, 14 hour work days. And I hope I have enough energy and drive to do it then. Um, then a lot of my colleagues have to do it now when they don't have the, the, the wife and the kids at home sort of thing. Yeah, well, you have two girls, so it's going to be expensive anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I really have no choice. Um, but I think, you know, that's what's been um, really important for me is to make sure I – and there's no right way to do life or go through your 20s or 30s or whatever it is, but I don't want to look back and regret not spending time with my family, wife and kids and, and friends as well for the sake of money because at the end of the day that would be the byproduct of me – Doing the, doing the work and becoming the success would be the money. But, you know, like we're very lucky to do what we do. We're very lucky to um, have the business that we have. And I, I certainly wouldn't want to yeah, look back with any regrets. I'd rather look back and go, oh, I could have worked harder and, you know, yeah. built yeah. a different yeah. business. And I think, but I think there's almost a piece here where it's like your most 
wise beyond your years. And, you know, I've certainly been through a journey myself too. And, you know, uh, people are always obsessed with like going to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. And you're kind of like, you know what, I'm actually like pretty happy with where I'm Mm. at. And if I can keep that consistency up and keep it, you know, continuing on that path for the next 10 years and I'd be really happy with where I'm at. And I think like it actually takes like quite a lot, you know, it took me like, you know, I'm now 32 and it took me like probably 10 years to realize Mm. that, you know, that, you know, where I'm at is actually good and I want to just hold this position. And a lot of people don't ever realize that. So yeah, that's pretty cool to have achieved that. I'm glad you touched on that because I was just going to say that um, a lot of like, I'm trying to set myself up for success and I, I try to make sure that I'm like following, you know, like successful people and look at how they did it and learn from them and stuff. But um, that seems to be a really common thing that you're doing the best job of actually enjoying the journey along the way, which lots of people I think forget to enjoy the journey along the way. And you just, you're chasing that goal and then you get there and it's cool. And you're like, wow, I've done it. Like, boom, have my glass of wine. But I feel like when you get to that point where you've done like, I've actually, you know, yeah. like, and don't get me wrong, like, my it's, head up, it's, I've done it. it's it's important to have goals and that sort of stuff and like have drivers to success. But I don't know, I, I, I think I look at other people that I know of and what they've gone through or are going through and if if they've put um, money and business first, it generally doesn't end out well. Yeah. You know, like um, it, 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 yeah, I, I don't want to ever do that. I want to put family first, friends and then, and or health as well. Yeah. Um, that's so important for me to be able to put that as, as a number one priority and um, and the business it, you know, sits there as well. Comes naturally as well, just yep. grows as it grows. Yeah. Yeah. Epic. Um, I guess like the next point that we've got noted down, and we don't have many points noted down because I said we want to keep this casual, but yeah. but we've got to, you know, Correct. have some sort of structure to <laughs> <And> it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess like the next thing is would be like, can you share with us any career highlights, like cool stories or funny stories that you've had along the way? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, what's an interesting story is um, with, with real estate and being a real estate agent, you know, we're service providers and that's the most important thing is you essentially want to do everything you can to um, make your clients happy with both your servicemen selling the house, um, giving them a good result, you know, always doing what you say you'll do um, at all times. And, you know, it's important to note the way I got to my current company was because I got called from someone who I'd sold a house for and they said, we want to sell with you, but we want you to be at this company and, and so on and so forth. And that's how I sort of got to where I am now, where I've been for over six years. Um, and I've sold um, five houses for these people now. And that repeat like business when people come back to you is like the best feeling ever. Like more than, more than the commission, more than anything, it's having someone go, we really like Ben, how he works, the way he handled everything, we're gonna go back to him. So it's, I guess the career highlights is every time someone comes back to me um, for a sale or whether they come back to me for advice or for guidance because, you know, as you say, like I'm 27 years old, I've been doing this for eight years now, you could, um, I could certainly feel like, oh, am I in the right position to be providing this guidance? I'm now so confident with all the experience that I've had to be able to sit down with anyone of any age and stage in their life, whether it's a $500,000 studio apartment or a $3 million house and go, here's what I would do if it was my place and here's what I've done for my houses, et cetera. So those are career highlights for sure when people come back to you for, um, you know, to, to sell the house again as a repeat client. I'd say one of the um, 
one of the career highlights in terms of like winning a listing or something for me was a referral I got for a house in Parnell and it was during lockdown. And so we were all like stuck at our home offices and wearing like suits up top and shorts <laughs> down below and you know Beach shorts. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, no one would know that you were just, you know, sitting there casually with no shoes on. And I got this referral and I kept chasing her and chasing her and eventually when we were allowed to go and do appraisals and wear masks and two metres and everything, I went there and I asked her who I was pitching against because I knew I'd be up against a few other people that she'd gone out to, to go um, talk to. And essentially I was up against like the um, the three top people in Parnell for each company apart from Ray White. Got on any name drops? Oh, I, probably, I probably shouldn't <laughs> name drop, but it was, I, I can say the you know, company. So I was going up against the top person at UP, the top person at Bailey's and the top person at Barfoot's who had sold so many houses in Parnell. I hadn't sold one thing in Parnell yeah. at that point. This is October 2021. And um, so I went in there and I was I was the odd one out. Like all these other agents were essentially similar people to who the client was. Like um, single lady, mid-50s. I don't know if the agents were single, but, you know, yeah, this yeah. was a client. Um, mid-50s and a whole sort of career behind her in a corporate world, um, knew how to sort of – figure out who was telling the truth and who wasn't and that sort of thing. And all I went in uh, with was who I am, like authentically myself, and this is what I can do with you. I didn't try to be anyone else or I didn't say, oh, yeah, I've sold all these places in Parnell or anything like that. I just was like, here I am. And, and I remember her asking me, what have you sold around here? And I remember saying something like, I remember she was on, on a um, street in Logan Terrace, and so from her balcony you could see Remy Rua, and I pointed over to Remy Rua, and I said, oh, I sold one on um, that street over there. And you know, in, in 2016 or whatever it was. And um, she said, no, no, what have you sold in Parnell? <laughs> and I said, oh, I actually haven't sold anything in Parnell. But I said- A few water blasters maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably a few water blasters. Um, and I remember saying saying to her, but before she could even speak, it doesn't really matter what I've sold or what I haven't sold. What matters is like what I can do for you here. And essentially she was worried about my age because the other people were all- can you just remind us of your age at the time? That was 25? Yeah, 24, 25. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, probably a little bit less like tired and, and um, you know, exhausted looking from all the, the kids and stuff. So I'd, we had one at the time. Um, but yeah, I remember her saying like, I'm just concerned about your age. You know, are you going to be able to gel well with the people that are coming through? Um, do you know what they're going to be like, what they're going to say? And I sort of just kept like not deflecting those questions because I like what am I supposed to say if she says oh, I'm concerned about your I can't yes I can't time travel you know like <laughs> yeah. it's like when someone says oh I have so much experience and um, like I go up against people who have like 30 years of experience or 25 years of experience and what they'll probably throw to towards me at is Ben doesn't have an, as much experience well I can't do anything about that like until I'm there 25 years later I can't change that so I just focused on what I could do for her which was just provide an amazing, amazing service and um, be really genuine with the people. And so I remember um, she called me, and it was like a Thursday, and she says, oh, it's between you and this other person. And I thought, okay, top two, cool, but that doesn't mean anything until you get the listing, and a listing doesn't mean anything until you get the sale. So, you know, real estate agents, we're really famous for um, spending our commission before we even get the listing, so that sort of attitude, you know, like you, you, you get an appraisal and you go through the door and you're like, cool, what am I going to buy with this commission? Yes. Um, so, oh, that's what everyone tells me anyway. Um, 
so I, I remember saying to her, can I just come back and see you? Like, it's really important that I come back and see you. She said, what for? I haven't decided yet. And I said, look, I've just got to come back and see you, and, and but I have to tell you, like, in person. She was a bit like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, come on through. And I remember I um, I was I was in the office, and it was a Friday because I was not dressed like this. I was in exercise clothes, and I whipped home, got the suit on, and went over to, to her house, and I just said to her, I just want to show you how I would tour a buyer through your house because I knew that what was important for her after like reflecting on a couple of conversations was what she was concerned about is that people wouldn't see like the nuances in her house that she had seen when she bought, like the things that she had fallen in love with. And I think that the age thing was because it was an older home, there was a lot of history to it, like it had like an original deed hanging on the wall from like 1890 that I wouldn't be able to like, um, I guess, pass that message across about how important it was in the Parnell area for her. So... It was the first time I ever did it. I don't know why I thought about this. And I didn't, like, ask anyone. I just thought this is the only way that I can get myself really to get that listing. And I said, you just pretend to be a buyer and I'm going to take you through. And so we started at her front door and I just started speaking about the things that she had been telling me about that she loved about the house. And about, like, five minutes in, she goes, stop, stop, stop. I'll go with you. And I was just like... (laughs) Oh, okay, cool. Nice. I had this whole like half an hour thing like in my head and then go away and then wait another night and that sort of thing. And, you and, know. I, and I think the piece to pull straight from that is a lot of real estate agents will go in there and talk about themselves and yeah. what they can do for the property. Yeah. Yeah. But not enough will just sit down, shut up and listen. 100%. And you obviously listened to mm. her. You really did take everything in. Yeah. And then by you being able to regurgitate everything that you told yeah. her, she goes, oh, this guy's actually listening to me mm. and is caring about me and wants to put me and my property first yeah. rather than trying to put him yeah. and himself and his commission first. Yeah, so, 100%. Um, yeah, like that's epic story to be able yeah. to pull something like that out of it. Yeah, so I ended up getting that listing and um, selling it incredibly well. I mean, obviously the market was hot on the end of 2021 um, and we had a pre-auction offer was brought forward. We had more competition at the auction, five or six registered bidders on a, on a virtual auction and um, she was over the moon and like we, she's, she's moved to Christchurch now, but we still talk like every couple of months and she's a big advocate for me. She's referred me business since then nice. to people like her who, and she says, you know, like if anyone says now, oh, I'm a bit concerned about your age or you haven't sold a house in the street or this address or this price range before, I just pass her, her details on and say, talk to this person because she had the exact same feeling and she'll tell you what I was like and now how happy she was with the service that I delivered and the result. I delivered to. And then you just pull out the old secret, like, oh, can I just give you a tour of your house? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's a good one, man. Like, I bet you've pulled that one out a few times, haven't you? I have, I have. Um, No one else would do that. No, no, no. That's, that's, I thought that was a clever thing. Because it's weird. It's weird to say to an owner, can I treat you like a buyer? Can I show you how I would tour people through your house? And we were doing um, like one on one inspections at the time because of COVID with masks and with two meet, like too many distances. So you had to really, like give them that level of service. Give them that level of service, take them through, spend half an hour talking with them because your next one was booked for half an hour later anyway. So like you didn't want to, the funny thing is it's weird to book our viewings like half an hour apart or like, you know, a 12 and a 12.30. And some people just come through a house really quickly, seven, six, seven minutes and they want to go. But I was like, I don't want to sit here and wait for the 12.30. So I'm just going to talk to these people for half an hour and tell them everything that they want to know or hear, even if they're like sort of racing out the door. It's like, hold on, but have you seen the X? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think that's um, a critical Billiard's thing. room. <laughs> yeah, sure. to do. Um, so what we'll do is we're kind of running out of time now, so we'll start to wrap things up. But um, 
we were going to go into one piece of advice you'd give to a new real estate agent, but you actually already touched on that right at the start, which was kind of like join a team and, you know, yeah. work up the ranks and get the experience from them. So we're going to move on to the next part, which is we asked the previous guest mm. a question and then for the current guest, which is obviously yes. you. Yeah. So we're now going to ask you the question that was left behind from the previous guest. So the question is... What day is Father's Day? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So um, the question is, what is one mistake that you've made in real estate that you've never told anybody about? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I might lose my job here. Um, <laughs> what is one mistake? Well, I know I... that, okay, we also said like everyone's made hundreds of mistakes. Yeah, so just yeah. pick a little one maybe. Just pick a little one. Not a career ending one. <laughs> no, definitely not. I'll save that for when I want to end my career and... Go off. out with a bang. Yeah, yeah, go out <laughs> with a bang. Drop. Yeah, yeah. Go off overseas somewhere. What's a mistake that I have that I've made in real estate that I haven't told anyone? Uh, I mean, even like my first listing that I ever had was a, a plaster house, and um, I remember I remember calling the owner, asking them if it was monolithic or not, and like monolithic plaster is like you know it's got a stigma attached to it. It's a it's a bad product from the nineties. Yep. Um, I own one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'd be getting a good real estate agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was my first ever listing in 2015 in December, just before Christmas. And these guys had given – these are the people that I've sold five houses to, uh, four, sorry, since. So obviously I didn't – like the mistake wasn't that bad. But I remember calling him in the middle of an open home because someone asked me, is it monolithic? And I had no idea what that was. So, <laughs> so I called the guy, the owner – and he said something along the lines of, you know, you should effing know, da da da, and started questioning what I, yeah. what he was doing using me as an agent. He knew it was my first year listing. He just wanted to give me a shot, but yeah. I'm sure he thought I, I, you know, knew a bit more than I did at the time. So, um, I guess something like that, you know, you, you probably shouldn't ask the vendor. You should just go and do a bit of research and come back to the buyer. But um, yeah, I, I can't think of, like, I'm I'm not a naughty agent. Like, I don't do stupid stuff, you I, know? I can vouch for that. You're not a naughty human I'm not, being. I'm, yeah, yeah. There's two sides to it, though. Like, there's, like, being naughty, and then there's that one which, like, which is, like, a genuine, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. limited yeah. knowledge But, like, I don't, I don't, like, text my vendors at 3 a.m., you know, saying yeah. where, where are they at the bars or anything like that. Like, I just... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a naughty boy, so yeah. I don't do any of that stuff. So I imagine that's a sort of mistake that other people would have made. I mean, that's an innocent one, right? Like the, the I can yeah. see plenty of people having a similar yeah. story to or that. Or probably like hitting on a vendor or something. I feel like that's probably a real bad one. The yeah. worst version yeah. of that is if you just pulled out a... Uh, that to the, the person you know you didn't actually know and then you just like pulled some yeah. nonsense out yeah, you, you said know? no no it's actually cedar yeah and then and then had some sort of rea complaint so oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no at least uh that wasn't a, a major mistake but kind of cool one to have um no it wasn't yeah it was, yeah. It, was it was okay yeah cool. all right well hey thanks so much ben we really appreciated having you on here and um uh look forward to hopefully having you back at awesome. some point thanks yeah. for having me yeah Thank Cheers. you. Um, and just for everyone watching at home, like obviously there was probably plenty of good things as always to take away from that. So, you know, read, read in between the lines. There's always um, ways that you can improve your own career by looking at how people have been successful in their own. So. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks Thank very much, guys. Cool. Cheers.